0: Welcome to Dentology, the Business of Dentistry podcast. In this podcast, we delve into the non-clinical aspects of dentistry with inspirational guests from across the profession. You will hear incredible life stories, pick up valuable business tips and be entertained. I'm Andy Acton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Jevons. What I love about this podcast is, is the business of dentistry. And I love that there's no rule book there's no one path for how you're successful in business you know we spoke to um, dr sam jethro who um, loves laying stones in front of him very structured in how he does Mm. it and then you have somebody like caddy walker who is quite a free spirit very entrepreneurial but prepared to jump into new things without knowing exactly what that plan Mm. looks like
1: yeah no i thought she was great it's an interesting one isn't the fact of in a bizarre way, I hadn't realised she'd been around so long. That makes it sound like she's really old, but do you know what I mean? Her, yeah. Her business has been going for nearly 20 years. Yeah. I think. And, you know, to be able to do Canada, UK, US. USA, uh, it's a great one because you, well, I learned quite a lot. I, I learned loads from yeah, it. Yeah, likewise.
0: And I'm glad we got to have the conversation about Dental Mavericks, her charity, and the work they do in north morocco and Mm. you know helping helping kids because again you know, we we talk often about dentistry is kind of a, an ecosystem. Mm. It's all joined up, and if more people that can find out about it, the more help that they can get for those projects, yeah, the better it will be for the kids in, in that part of the world.
1: And we even talked about Barbie. We did talk about. See Barbie. now, that's
0: got to be a teaser as well. Exactly. Hasn't it? Yeah, you definitely want to listen to yeah. that. What's that? Um, mm. If you don't subscribe to our podcast, please do. Uh, we release new episodes at seven o'clock every Monday morning. Um, and, yeah, we'd uh, appreciate any feedback you've got on the show. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. So we are now well over the 100 episode mark and going strong. Can you
1: believe it? Can you yeah. believe it? 100 plus episodes. Quite Stunning, really, isn't
0: it? It? Yeah, and That's... the guests. No the wonder quality... my bottom saw. We haven't done them all today. <laughs>
1: No, that's true, that's true, that's true, that's true.
0: But the guests keep coming, and today we have an absolute corker, absolute corker. Today we're joined by Callie Walker, and Callie is the founder of Connect My Marketing, oh, okay. which will be interesting, but also the founder of Dental Mavericks, oh. a dental charity, which will be nice to find out more about after that, <laughs> Exactly. Probably not
1: quite. Or Goose, exactly. that'd be Maverick, wouldn't it, on Top Gun.
0: Oh, was yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get your plane. So, anyway, welcome,
0: welcome, Callie. How are you? I'm
2: very well, thank you, and congratulations on uh, over 100 uh, interviews. Yeah. It's,
1: it's unbelievable. quite a
0: feat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we started it. um can't believe anyone still listens. I, 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 I think if you remember, I, I, you, you may not remember or you may not have been aware of it, but there was a thing called Clubhouse, which was an audio-only platform <laughs> that blew up during lockdown. What? and we hopped on Clubhouse and literally it was like the sharpest peak you could imagine. It it's came Tuesday and, night. It came in yeah, every Tuesday. It came in when within about three months. Wow. But we enjoyed the conversations and out what? of that we said, wouldn't it be quite nice if we could carry on having these conversations? But doing it live just meant that people had to be around in that moment which didn't really work for us and that's what's formed the idea of creating our own podcast Uh, since then it's been really good so we get to speak to interesting people like you which is lovely
1: my first question is Callie short for anything or is that Callie yes
2: it is it's short for Carolyn I've never been called Carolyn ever even at school and the only person that has ever called me Carolyn was my dad when he was angry with me wow (laughs) When I was small, it <laughs> really. So my brother um, is only 11 months difference between me and my brother, uh, and he could never pronounce my name, and he started it. So that was, it how, it, kind how, of was how
1: it started. Yeah. because I've, I've never met another Cali. No. Not, yeah. not, uh, you've heard of C-A-L-L-I-E or something, but I was just thinking it's either a, quite a cool name or it's a cool name that's a shortened version of something else.
2: Well, I don't know how old you are, but there was a programme. Older than you. Blake Seven. Oh, yeah. There's a canyon right there. there. Yeah, that's the only other one. Yeah. oh
1: wow
0: well, there you go yeah.
1: Blake 7 you won't remember Blake 7 yeah. anyway even if you <laughs> did shot. you wouldn't have watched no, no. it because <laughs> it's science fiction I, I, I you do don't like science Blade fiction 7,
0: but yeah I'm um, not the biggest science fiction it had
1: some of, of the worst special effects <laughs> I, I think yeah. I, now yeah. when I go back in my head some of yeah. those special especially of exploding things it was a BBC Two special wasn't it it was but it was very I used to quite enjoy it really <laughs> yeah.
0: so whilst we're reminiscing yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could reminisce in another way which is is there a time back in your own childhood that you can pinpoint and say this is the reason why you're sitting here today how, how was your childhood and did, were you always destined to be the person you are or are you um, kind of a work in progress
2: well I, ca- I can pinpoint a, a, a person in my life that pushed me which was mm-hmm. my okay. it's a bit of a it's a strange story but my uncle um my uncle Billy who my son's named after um he he used to breed Exmoor ponies uh, okay. in, in Bingley, and um, uh, uh, and he used to say to me, if you can master a horse, you can master anything. And I used to ride, go riding on his, fa- on his farm where his horses were kept, and he had a really evil mare called Cleo, and all the, all the kids were scared of her. And he used to make me go into the stable and feed her and groom her, even though she kicked and bit everybody. And he did it because he wanted me to get rid of the fear of her because the horse, obviously, as you know, would would kind of like smell the fear. Mm -hmm. And that was because I was thinking about this. That was kind of like one of the pivotal (laughs) things for me of of feeling the fear and having to do it, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Because Mm -hmm. it was I didn't really have a choice because I respected him so much and I wanted to please him. Mm -hmm. But it also gave me that that kind of like my favorite feeling is nervous excitement.
3: Right.
2: You know, that kind of like pre like coming on this podcast excited, a little bit yeah. nervous, but excited about it. So that's kind of that's that is a big pivotal moment of a time when he would make me
0: do things. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And so you were you you say you're from Leeds, so you yes. were brought up in the north of England? Yeah. Right, okay. And what was it well we'll come to where you are because you, you're you're not in the UK anymore, are you? You're based no. in Managua. Yeah. So what was your kind of pathway through from, have you been working with dentists for, for decades? Is it a fairly new thing? How, how did you end up sort of supporting dentists? In um, how did you, you get to
1: what you do, yeah. I suppose, is where we're coming from.
2: Yeah. So so, I, um, so I'll just kind of like jump into the entrepreneurial journey. I think that's kind of important because it kind of brings me to where I am now. But Yeah. Um, I my first real serious role was a startup for a company called JCT Six Hundred in in, in, oh. in based in Bradford, and they, they set up do a leasing us. department and their
1: cars aren't
2: they? Yeah, they do like high end cars oh. um, and a, a lot all sorts <laughs> now the massive. But when I was working with them. It was a startup and there was myself and four other people in in this leasing company. So I got really good grounding on a startup from the beginning with really strong entrepreneurial um, managers around me. Mm Um, And then I did enjoy that role, but from a very quite an early age, I had a really high salary and a good company car, great health insurance. But when you're in your early 20s, that kind of stuff doesn't mean very much. Mm. Um, And I really struggled in a corporate environment as as an individual. Um, A lot of my friends were creative and there was a a big scene in Leeds happening in the 90s where bars and restaurants were opening and it was becoming a really cool place to be. Mm. And I wanted in. So I'd had a mortgage from the from sort of late teens, early twenties, and I decided to remortgage my house. I think I was about twenty four or twenty five, and I built a bar called the Soul Kitchen in Leeds. Um. Um, and I had that for around five years. I nearly died, to be honest, because I just became an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it, but I loved you know all Don't the drink food your and profits,
1: <laughs> isn't that what they say? <laughs>
2: You know, they, yeah, don't drink the profits, but I did anyway. But I, it was there for a purpose because it, I, I got it out of my system. I scratched the itch, yeah. And then from that, obviously, um, I met my ex partner Tony, and I then we got together. Um, And then I then um, didn't have an income. So I decided to set up a marketing company, which was called Brainstorm Training. And it was a skills gap, government funded marketing company, whereby we were training NVQs for skills gaps within the industry for hospitality.
3: Mm -hmm. And that
2: was a big cash cow. So then what happened is I got pregnant with twins and I had the twins in Leeds, which Clarendon were amazing. They were prem. They were in hospital for three months. My son um, was quite sick and it was quite, you know, quite a trying time. And when they came out of hospital, Leeds then became a really difficult place to have two young babies with the weather. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, suddenly you've gone from being an entrepreneur to being at home with two babies. And I felt really claustrophobic. So then we came over to Spain, which was 18 years ago, 19 years ago, and um, the government funded just stopped on the NBQs uh, marketing company. It just finished as government funding does sometimes. Mm. And we, um, my ex partner, went to um, to America to see a marketing guy who was doing um, marketing courses for dentists at that time. And that's I know it's a bit of a strange jump, but yeah, we decided that's it, it, was, yeah. it was at the time when. Um, the funding was starting to be pulled from the NHS, so there was more dentists going into private clinic, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of how my journey started. Um, and then it's kind of it started off as consultancy, and then it went into products, into websites, mm-hmm. social media. We um, split up, I think, six years ago, and then three years ago, I then founded Connect My Marketing. I'm jumping quite a lot here. You'll probably have to go back. But then that's when it brought me into America and Canada and, and the UK, it, well, wow. existing in the UK as well. So why, that's kind of where it's where it stemmed from.
1: Why, yeah. why Malaga?
2: Um, because my auntie and uncle had an apartment here, which we ended up buying, oh, actually. Okay, right. um, so and they had, had it for 27 years. So it's kind of a family um, apartment. Um, it's now an Airbnb apartment. And I absolutely love Malaga. Have you been?
1: Uh, yes,
2: yeah, the city is just yeah. amazing, isn't
1: it? I I, I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 Place, I, I just love Malaga. I think it's just one of those beautiful, best kept secrets. And yeah. it's just again, I've seen that change a lot in 18 years. Mm-hmm. But it, I go a, a lot of travelling. It, it honestly is one of my favourite cities. Yeah. So
1: when you rocked up 18 years ago, you and ex partner didn't have a job.
2: Not really. No. Wow. No. <laughs> no. Flip. We came with a credit card. Because <laughs> we couldn't sell our house. We did have a house in the UK, but we couldn't sell it because the housing market at that time was pretty poor. took a couple of years to sell that. And then in the end, when we sold that, we ended up buying the apartment that we invented off my auntie. Wow, wow. Right.
0: Mm. So, yeah. so when you said um, your car went to me. America and saw a dental marketing course, when, when was that? Sorry? When, when was that? What that year would have was that? been, oh gosh, um,
2: eight, 19 years ago. So, I don't know. i
1: not. Early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: So, new contract was 2006. I'm going to go for
2: 2004, sorry. actually, because the twins would have yeah. been about 10, 11 months old then. And, well, and that's yeah. what I was just,
0: I was just linking it to that, only from the point of view that obviously in the UK, A new NHS contract came in in 2006, and that did spawn quite a lot of dentists then starting to do more private treatment. So your timing, possibly whether it was by design or luck, I don't, I don't know. But so identifying (laughs) a marketing course then would have been really good timing and positioning for all the dentists who perhaps weren't going to commit so much talk
1: about redesigning it for that couple of years before. So that's probably about the time that you were then musing on what you might be doing that's interesting yeah yeah
2: and, and wow. then obviously you know you you, it, it, you know dentistry is very you know it's it's a very different type of industry to being and, and it takes a i think a lot of care and passion to understand the character of dentists
3: Oh, definitely mm. yeah.
2: uh, you know and that's kind of you know it's not you know we saw with covid lots of different people becoming consultants and, and changing path but it's not, you know, it's quite a cynical market as well because, um, especially in the states, um, you, you know, people, dentist, you know, dentists is, you know, it, it's, it's people are passionate that are in this particular industry and they want quality, they want trust, mm. they want credibility, and that's kind of one of the things that you have to learn, and it takes time, I think.
1: Mm. I think probably early doors as well, especially when you were starting, marketing was, you know, sales is still a not a great word for dentists but marketing would probably be what do you mean I have to I have to do marketing doesn't that diminish my responsibility and my position as a dentist I thought you had to sort of overcome not only trying to sell a service that they need but actually before you even get to that point you've got to overcome their negativity negativity towards what you want to do you know? In most cases, that every company accepts there's marketing, yeah. doesn't it? But, but so, but also it was the earliest yeah, well, days
0: of digital marketing. That was kind of a term that wasn't in common yeah. language back then, was it? It was adverts in newspapers and leaflet jobs. Yeah, well, was Facebook, exactly. stuff, wasn't it back then? It's, yeah, 2011
1: or something, 2014. Wow, after Facebook
0: remember. was earlier than that, wasn't it? Facebook was 2003, 2004. Oh, was it? Was something? it Instagram? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, Instagram was, was later. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah. So how's it? So you obviously got clients in the UK, America, and Canada. So, yeah. so and, and uh, do you only operate in the dental space, or do you yes, operate in just surely. purely in dentistry? So h- how has it come about that you've ended up with clients? Because that's quite unusual to have a, a mm. sector niche, but mm-hmm. also cover different jurisdictions. So h- how has that come about?
2: Um, so and it has been a steep learning curve, um, mm. and, and you know, and, and I did actually take a um, a, a business course on American business culture before I actually entered that market because it's a completely different mm. animal. And 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 also what I do love about working in the US is that they're very abundant with referrals in terms of if you're you you guys are brilliant, they, they want you to be with all their contacts. And so it is a very high referral business and a lot of networking and and I do enjoy that side of business as well. Mm. Um, but a completely different market in terms of how we are in the in the UK to how we are in the US and how we are in Canada, um, but I was invited into a networking group. That's how it began, um, and from there, you know, you have to then prove yourself, don't you, with everything. Yeah, you know, it's nothing's easy in life, and um, I have an amazing team that I work with. I mean, I put everything down to the team. Not, you know, I I can be the visionary and I can be the networker and the front and do everything that's needed, but. The team that I work
1: with are uh, uh, they're amazing, and I don't mean
2: that.
1: They yeah. make you look good. Yeah, they do. Exactly. <laughs> Same as ours. Same mean, as ours. They make everything. us look like we know what we're doing. Oh, of course
0: they do. Of course they do. <laughs> yeah. So I imagine the work setup that you've got, you weirdly were probably quite well placed for COVID because working remotely, that was that probably didn't present you with as many challenges as it did others.
2: Um, well, we do have an office here, so we have a, there's twelve of us in this office. Right. But to be honest, with COVID, um, we actually um, I don't know how to say this without I don't want it to sound like it, it dismissive of it, but we we made the decision at the beginning of COVID that we weren't going to close and go on um, uh, furlough, uh, furlough. We decided right, yep. that we were going to get do the best we could for the clients that we had. And it might, and especially with social media, um, and also our clients were in a state of fear, as everybody was, because yeah, yeah, dentistry yeah. was trekked really badly, as, as yes. obviously you guys know. And we decided to do community projects through, um, through social media. So, for example, we got all our clients to call all their um, patient lists o- over the age of 55 to check that they've been in shopping or they were okay, just things that have nothing to do with dentistry. Um, and we did, you know, some of our some of our clients did training. I mean, they were not allowed to work within the, the dental practice, but we did other things instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and when 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 the lockdown was finished, it, they, they became pillars of their own community. Most of our clients, and mm-hmm. so we because took of that the way decision. They
0: treated their patients through that period, yeah. through
2: that period, and it, and you know the referrals that they got, it, they just all went crazy. Yeah. Um, and the other That's thing I think the is that.
3: Yeah, very nice.
2: That's a nice one. Yeah, and doing shopping for older people and yeah, yeah, that's a great um, one. Isn't and food it? banks and things like that. But I think you know, you either come from a, a place of fear and love, don't you? With, with yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah And yeah. you know, with COVID, I could not have sat at home on furlough. Like I couldn't have done it mm, because no. I, they, you know, just having conversations with clients and the fear yeah. initially was just mm. taking action felt better than mm. sitting yeah. at home. And out of
0: interest, obviously in the UK. Um, dental practices had to shut from the 23rd of March to the 8th of June and they sort of found out when the, the daily ticker tape went across the bottom of the screen in the Prime Minister's briefing, which I'd mm. say was pretty appalling. What was the situation in, in America and Canada? Were, were, were they forced to close for a period of time as well?
2: Yeah, and but uh, each state was different, obviously, because it's such a vast place. Right. So every state was different and there were different politics within every state as well but you know it, it just depended on, on that circumstance and then because you've got such a vast area everybody's got different opinions as well yeah, yeah, yeah. um so yeah uh, you know I, I think globally everybody had a you know a, a hard time with it didn't they but it's just mm. you know what ca- it's what can you do within your remake that's important I always feel
0: yes yeah, yeah, and in terms of the work you do with um, dentists, so some some of the other things that you've you've talked about and you've done before, you seem to lean very heavily towards data, yeah. data driven marketing, and, and why that's important. Um, what sort of data? should dentists be looking at what what data is important when we're sort of talking in a marketing sense
2: yeah so um i won't go into the digital marketing on my side i'll give Mm. the give you something that your listeners can have that they can implement internally which is easy for for them to take away um because from a digital marketing perspective we're looking at different variables different ads and so on and campaigns but There are three areas that all dental or business owners should focus on in terms of if they're spending externally on on marketing. The first one is, does that marketing campaign make the phone ring? And if it makes the phone ring, when the phone's wrong, does the person who's answering the phone know how to speak to that patient and get them to book in? The next stage is if the booking did the turn up, because that's important because there's things you can do in between. And then when they turn up, are they moving forward for the treatment or getting the right advice to move forward for treatment or register as a new patient? Mm-hmm. So they're the kind of they're the sort of like the, the key areas internally what what um, all business owners really should be looking at. There's lots of variables I know in that, but one of the biggest things that we find and the hardest things to, to change is spending external money on marketing websites or whatever, and then you, we mister shop all our clients. Mm-hmm. We've got some clients we mister shop weekly. They want us to mystery shop them weekly. Um, And, you know, knowing that, I believe that every patient should be treated the same, Mm -hmm. you know, regardless who who answers the phone, they should get the same treatment, same compassion. We -hmm. also monitor phobics as well. So we're really heavily into phobic marketing. So we watch how a phobic would uh, watch a video on a website and how long it would take them, how many hours they'd spend on the website before they pick the phone up or fill out a web form. And it's two to three hours with some phobic conversations. We'd then record the call and listen. And then if we, if they, you know, the, the personal reception is not showing empathy or, yeah. or at least sounding like they've got time for them, yeah. then you, you, you know, that knowing the history of that person's journey to actually pick that phone up is yeah. is kind of the bit that that yeah. we really focus on. I so that, that space is important.
1: Yeah. When we used to do courses, we would sort of say to people, "You spend all this money." on making the phone ring and then you don't answer it properly you know yeah. or, or the woman on reception says oh hang on can you hold on a minute
0: it's like yeah. Yeah. and then they go six minutes I was just to yeah, say yeah, that thing way, about you know. that that training and and as a marketer it's hard because you can come up with the most creative campaign in the world that will <laughs> get email clicks or the phone to ring or ads, but if the person at the other end isn't trained and, you know, prepared and well-equipped to deal with those inquiries. The yeah. whole thing falls mm. down. In fact, it's even worse, isn't it? Because it's they've, worse they've gone from having a neutral view of your business to a negative view of your business based on the person. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
2: I mean, I mean the great thing from my end is that um you know if the marketing's going really well it's never the marketing company, it's always the team. And if it's yeah. going bad, it's always our fault. So yeah. that's why we invest that time and training in in from we say from the start, from the minute someone clicks that campaign or whatever that marketing campaign is, mm. through mm. to actually going forward for treatment. And it's and then like you said earlier, it isn't about sales, it's about offering your menu of services mm. that, that that the you know, I've just found out my dentist here it does airflow, and I love airflow, and I, I didn't even know. Yeah, and I've yeah, been yeah. going through that horrible hygiene appointment, and I was yeah. like, "Do airflow!" Like, you know, just tell your patients yeah, what you that, do. You know.
0: Yeah, we, we were speaking to a dentist earlier on. He's quite um, prolific on uh, Instagram, and he was talking about how that's been good for business. Um, what, what's your take on that? You've got clients all over the all over the planet. Uh, are they? Do they? Do they engage with it do they truly understand the power of it Instagram or or just generally social media Uh, social media yeah yeah, do 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 your clients kind of engage with it in a strategic sense as opposed to just see it as a thing they do
2: yeah. So, so this is a, a, quite a really good question, actually, because um, on. one of the things that's important for I mean, Instagram is the biggest, um, yeah. the biggest platform. For, dentists love Instagram, obviously, for obvious reasons, before for and actors and all the rest well, of they're it.
0: Getting in, they're getting into the TikTok as well, aren't they? Yeah. More, and more turning up on TikTok as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. I
2: love TikTok. Um, yeah. I, and 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 uh, do you know, I've just had a strategy meeting today with TikTok because. I personally, from a personal perspective, love it because I like the educational side of it. But mm. TikTok's got a bad rep in terms of the dances and the, yeah, yeah all that. Um, and moving so for on. Me, I thought you
1: were going to tell me Kelly <laughs> does dancing. I thought you say, I love TikTok, I love dancing <laughs> in Malaga. <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, Instagram's the biggest, definitely the biggest platform. And, um, you know, strategy is important. Don't do social media if you don't have a strategy. Don't mm. do it just because you feel that you should turn up on social media because it's pointless. Mm. You know, are you looking for followers? Are you looking to, you know, increase, uh, you know, direct messages? You know, and mm. there's lots of variables on posting, as you know, with stories and reels and mm. all the rest of it. Yeah. So it's a massive part of, like you just said, it, when we started, it was direct mail, um, mm. adverts and papers, um, leaflet drops. Now mm. all that is kind of like it's. It, more or less, mm. digital. And
0: how, do the, how do your UK clients fare to your US mm. and Canadian clients? Are we ahead of the pack, behind the pack? Pretty much, it's much of a muchness.
2: Um, so I would, uh, from a clinical perspective, in terms of what's out there, um, clinically, in terms of um, resources, I'd say America has more choice and more um, uh, opportunities for buying different, you know, they're, they're ahead of the curve on, on, um, sorry, I'm trying to think of the right word, on, on you know, gadgets. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: works. <laughs> gadgets. Technology. 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 <laughs> yes, yes. Although gadgets, gadgets. We, Gadget, we, 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 we knew exactly that what you meant. We, we, got we got were
2: there. You you know, got we got there. Got Yeah, gadgets. Like yeah, with a,
0: get it. with a wand
2: or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But on the on the flip side, um, you know, from a marketing perspective, most, uh, we, and I have this conversation, most of our UK clients have, Treatment coordinators, mm. and, and and I'm talking about my own clients now. So you know we've we've worked with them heavily, but yeah. that's not something obvious. Most still the clinicians in in America still mainly do their own conversions. So in terms of you know taking treatment mm-hmm. conversions, yeah. so that's that's a big opening for for the US. Um, but it is when I say the market's different, it, it's kind of you know th- th- that's that's w- would be my big standout is the way that they take in a patient and and walk through mm. those. I've got, um, I've got two questions,
1: which sort of are linked, but maybe not. So, in uh, so when you started in two thousand and four, whatever it is, did you find that say the US was more advanced than the UK? Has there become less divergence, and are you able to use um, sort of almost like ideas from one part of the uh, the, of the globe? to another part and there's sometimes things that just don't work mm. so there's quite a few questions in there but it's just I think it's quite fascinating
2: yeah I think it's uh, well I've already been working in the, the states for the last two and a half years so that's oh, it's okay, a quite right, a new right, market right, okay, for me sorry. but to answer the question about the does one thing work for one person and one thing for another I personally um think that from a marketing perspective all uh, prospects and patients work off emotion. So the wording, absolutely one hundred percent, is going to be different um, because we do Americanize something that definitely wouldn't work in the UK. You mentioned earlier about the sales and profit and, and, and that aspect. I wouldn't use that terminology with an English market, but I would one hundred percent use it in a US market. And also, the marketing is much more aggressive. Right. so it's much more price I know there are some price point marketing but I personally prefer trust and credibility as a marketing exercise rather than competing on price mm. it's the race to the bottom yeah. So, but in the American market I would say that in places like Miami and places that are more condensed with, with dentists uh, practices or offices that the aggression on the marketing is completely different and it definitely wouldn't work in the UK wow
1: yeah, it is. Uh, it's interesting then that you had to because they're, they're, they're dental offices, aren't they? Yes, not dental practices. so that's another. I mean, that's one. it's just interesting that you, you sort of have to have even the different terminology, yeah. So is it you can re- relate? Yeah. And is there a difference between Canada and the US?
2: Um, yeah, is, Ca- I mean, is
1: Canada more UK or more US or sort of on its own?
2: Um. The experiences that I've had, uh, I'd say they're more North American. I would definitely say more North American, yeah. And also um, there's a lot more um, standards to meet in terms of advertising and marketing in Canada, which are completely different. So there's no GDPR in in the U.S. and Canada, but there are uh, quite high standards. In areas of Canada, we can't use testimonials or before and afters. Really? So, yeah, so we have to be quite, um, you know, strategic. Yeah. 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 You saying
0: you've been the US about um, well. it being very price <laughs> price driven and, and they are, yeah, I've, I've been to the States a, a fair few times and, and they're billboard adverts, you know, lawyers. Lawyers will call out other lawyers by name. Yeah, they're rubbish. Come to me. Yeah, sort of I mean, you
2: thing. wouldn't be able to do that, would you? No, yeah. no.
0: But, and, and it's just not very British either. And you that? wouldn't do it anyway, even no. if you could. But do you see in in the UK? <laughs> do you see kind of culture and values starting to come through in their marketing campaigns, um over and above just what they can offer as a as a dental practice in the UK? Yeah,
2: hundred percent. I mean, mm. we've we've worked on this in in. Uh, for, probably about over a decade as, mm. as, a, as a business, as a marketing company. Um, if you, you know, all my, t- my, t- my culture is, it, culture for me is, is marketing. Mm. Um, so, you know, and going back to social media, question about Instagram. Um, I'm more, I'm more interested in humanizing you and your team than I am about what type of treatments you do, because mm. yes, it's a given I'm also interested in about what your Google reviews look like as a business and what they say about your team. I'm yeah. not interested in whether you're clean or whether you've got a tidy practice because it, that's a given too. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a big struggle as well. It, it, you know, We're heavily getting into the AI conversation at the moment, but... Mm-hmm. You know, if if you don't jump on the, the digital marketing bandwagon and get going and if, if you're if you feel how TikTok a great example, if you don't feel that you're the right person to front it, then get a team member to do it. But mm. do not do it yeah. because, you know I, know, I know across globally, excellent clinicians that are struggling because they can't they haven't mm. digitally marketed themselves. And I think what's you start to fall behind.
0: It's hard. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's upsetting. You're playing catch up. I feel yeah. sorry for them. I yeah. do. And, you don't, and then you kind of don't really know where what where to, to start. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where do you see um, marketing going? Kind of. Get, we've been sort of talking about like the history with leaflets and newspaper ads, and the present day with social media. And you sort of touched on AI. Where, where yeah. do you think marketing is heading? Um, I'm really
2: excited about the AI conversation because mm. we're we're we all all our team are in full training at the moment. We've just invested in some software. We're heavily into it. And um, for me, what I like about the AI conversation is that the biggest fear that, again, going from fear or love, the fear that people have is that obviously we're going to be bombarded with a lot of AI on the Internet. Mm. But going back to being genuine, because AI isn't artificial, it's put in there by somebody. So checking sources when you're given information is going to be important, marketing or not. You know, yeah, these AI images are great, but people aren't stupid. Um, you know, you know what's AI generated and isn't. So humanization is going to be much more important and being genuine is going to be much more important and trust and credibility are going to become more important. So, again, don't sit back on AI. You've got to jump into it and be on chat GBT. You've got to learn about it because, you know, as a marketing company, we had a meeting two days ago. We will quickly become a dinosaur if we don't jump into this conversation and envelop it. So. Yeah. The the So just going back to your question, we're, we're grabbing lots of different softwares and using them and getting involved in them, and we're, and we're enjoying it. We're coming right, from yeah. a passionate place and not a
0: fearful place. Good for yeah. you. Good for you. Yeah. It's nice to hear you've got that approach because we were actually talking to a guy earlier on today about AI. Uh, and where it's going and like you say you kind of it it feels like a similar emotion but you go from excited and terrified yeah Um, it's it's not far from getting from one place to another but it's nice to hear somebody who's genuinely excited about it and the opportunities it's going to bring it's it's not all Mm -hmm. Skynet it's not
2: and you know the thing is, you know this data mining and all the stuff that people are frightened of. At the end of the day, you know we, we, you'll have heard this before, but we're walking around with a with a phone that Google's listening to all the time if you don't turn your your, your settings off. You know it's all it's over is all that you, you're walking around with yourself in your mobile phone. And the other the other important thing about AI as well is, you know for me does it add value to the client and does it create capacity within my business that's the two areas that i'm interested in mm. and ai does both of those things so yeah. for example you know blog posts you know we're having those written at the moment and proved and um, if we can develop a, a good structure for to write an ai seo granted blog post we can do two or three a month for a client instead of one or two mm. you know yeah. we can do more not yeah. less yes yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. um just to sort of change tack for a and bit. That's
1: a tricky one. So i was just thinking on that because then the, the tricky part is you get desensitised to it. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's that whole. I think was it Oliver saying that we get six or ten thousand almost adverts a day or something. That yeah. Pff- yeah. It's yeah, scary. It's a, really. Yeah. It's a Someone was saying
2: to me the other day, if you're going to write a book, do it now because before because if you write a book and you have it published, then that then is you know it's good you know, it's, it, it's good to get that book out as quickly as possible because that's that's kind of something that, you know, you're not going to trust things anymore and that's why it's important to know your mm. source. Yes. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well,
0: I think yeah. that's, well, right. um, and, and that's a concern for lots of people, isn't it, between what's real and what isn't real?
1: Well, it's a bit like, isn't it, that, you know, uh, bizarrely, uh, and it's a bit of an abstract jump, but when watching that Abba Voyage thing, you know Mm. i always used to say well unless i see it with my own eyes i won't believe it but after going to see that avatar show it's now if i can touch it (laughs) then i probably know it's true because they look so real it's
0: just like just seeing it deep fake all that sort of stuff just to change tack for a bit um in the intro i said that you were the founder of dental mavericks what's what's dental mavericks
2: Um, So Dental Mavericks is a um, volunteer-led charity um, and we work predominantly in Morocco um, and we work in um, basically for uh, children that don't have access to to any um, dental care. And mm-hmm. um, our goals basically are always, uh, you know, long term oral hygiene care, midterm goal, uh, fluoride treatment every six months. And then short term goals is we do between six and eight projects a, a year and we go and take children out of dental pain. So it's an emergency clinic. But on the back of that, we've just got funding um, through um, a, a beautiful dentist called Nav. And he's funded. He's he's been raising money for us in memory of his daughter. Who who sadly died, and um, he's we're about to build a clinic in the in in the province of Shashan, which will be open on a on a a daily basis. So that's really a a, a really exciting project coming up. Yeah. Why why um, why Morocco? Mm. Uh, Well, Morocco is. I live in Malaga, and Morocco geographically is you know a a half hour on a on a on a boat basically. Um, We also work in Lebanon, but um, I don't take volunteers to Lebanon um, because it's obviously quite a dangerous place to go. But we Mm -hmm. also fund orphanages in Beirut as well. Um, And um, they're kind of the two places, but 80% predominantly is is Morocco. Wow, brilliant. Yeah.
0: So before the facility that NAVS funding. Um, do, you, do, you, do you require clinicians to volunteer their time yes. to go to Morocco to, to treat the kids and, and then die? yes right. yeah
2: so the, the trips are usually about one week and um, we do five days clinic in, in that week um, and we work in the Atlas Mountains the Rift Mountains and a, and a town called Essaouira, which is the gateway to the Sahara Desert uh, so three specific areas yeah. We also team up with um, local governments and another charity called the Eve Branson Foundation, which is the mother of Richard Branson, who um, we've been working with for 10 years in, in the atlas. Um, and then in Essaouira, another local government. So we're working with ground teams, Moroccan ground teams. Um, and we've got a lot of history there. We've, we're 13 years in, um, so we're very well um I'd say grounded, connected, and all the kids that we treat were treating them from kindergarten through to sixteen. Wow! I mean, this yeah. is
0: quite a significant CSI mm. project. What, it what is. was the what was the kind of the spark to start yeah, doing this those those thirteen years ago? Why was it that you you felt that this was something you wanted to do?
2: I'm just trying to think of the book. I read a book called Emotional Intelligence, and it, it goes through each decade of your life, and 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 when you hit your forties. Um, you're predominantly thinking about giving back. You know, like lots of people start doing yoga, don't they? And they start well, yeah, like, yeah. you know, they start doing fundraising and stuff in the 40s. And apparently it's to do with this emotional intelligence. It's Simon Golding, that's I was trying to think of the author. And um, that was that reading that book was the beginning of it. And right. I think at the time, we were trying to get into to help other charities at the time and there wasn't really a need. I think we offered our marketing services or we offered time or whatever. Right. And in the end, we thought, um, oh, we had a friend as well in, in, in Malaga who went to Morocco a lot. And he had a bike company doing Endora bikes. And he took, um, he took us to a place called El Jabbar and they had one dentist for 150,000 kids. Yeah. And and well, it was kind of like, well, why don't we just do it here because it's geographically perfect mm. and it's easy to get to from the UK. Mm. So yeah. that's how it was born. And then we took six clients, um, just sent them a letter and said, "Do you fancy coming?" And the first trip was horrendous. <laughs> like we had no equipment, and you know it was really naive <laughs> and badly run. And yeah, then yeah, it yeah. just it just fell from there. Really, yeah.
0: Wow, what a great, what That's a great brilliant, project. Actually, yeah.
2: It yeah, was an adventure charity that turned into more serious. Right. So, yeah. So. could yeah.
0: you um could you perhaps let us have a, a link to the website yes. and details, we can drop it in the show notes because there yeah, may absolutely. well be Thank UK you. dentists or hmm. dental professionals that yes. might have capacity to to get involved yeah, and help in, in some I'd love way or to. other. Thank you. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh fantastic. Yes. You've you've had um an incredibly diverse entrepreneurial career, you know, from the pub <laughs> to a bar, the bar, bar, the bar, bar, a a bar, bar. bar. Um, to setting up the business there and setting up the you know the charity that, that works out of um, Morocco. What's the one thing that you would take if you had to pass on one message to other people about your entrepreneurial journey? What's the the key takeaway from you from your your own experience?
2: Um, I think you know. <sighs> Consistent persistence, I think, is, you know, like, you know, being an entrepreneur is quite lonely and it mm-hmm. can actually be, um, you know, it can take years. Sometimes you just feel like you're joyless striving or you're on the hamster wheel and you're not getting anywhere. But I think if you believe in yourself and you believe, you know, and you get up and you work hard as well and you create a good team and you focus on your team and your culture, um, and this consistent persistence of just keeping on that level and making sure people feel secure in the role, the developed. Um, I do one to I've 18 years, I've done one to ones, 10 minutes a month, every month with each team member, never failed. It still works now. So, communication, people know where you're going, and that's more than one thing, isn't it? But, mm-hmm. you know, that consistent persistence of delivering and being who you are and doing mm-hmm. what you say you are, that's the, the key mm-hmm. thing. And just don't give up. Yeah. You know, if you believe in it, don't give in, it comes eventually.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think what's interesting is uh, I think that's the life of an entrepreneur. It is a mixed bag, it's doing a lot of things, keeping lots of plates spinning, and keeping lots of things on the go at once, isn't it? And it's, um, it can be
2: exhausting, and especially when you get in your 30s and you have kids, yeah, because mm. you've got that to d- contend with, and, mm. and obviously, a relationship. And all the rest of it, but yeah. it's just digging in. And if you've got a good team, they'll look after you when the ship's rocking. Yeah,
3: yeah,
0: but yeah, l-
2: yeah. They won't yeah. if they don't like you. Yeah,
0: no, it's not <laughs> really so that really thing won't. about but that thing about <laughs> the resilience as well, isn't it? Because it's you know you have a vision, but there's times when nobody else can see it. So believing that thing you were saying about focus and the persistence of just mm. believing in what you're doing and making sure that everybody keeps kind of staying with you for it.
2: Yeah, and, and, and as entrepreneurs, we fall in love with things that are our own ideas and we get yes. a little bit like, you know, and you, you expect everyone to come along, yeah,
0: you yeah, know, with obsessed. it.
2: So you, you've got to always have buy-in, always. Yeah, yeah
0: definitely. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the flip side of that question is what's the worst bit of advice you've ever had? The worst what, sorry? The, the worst. <laughs> the worst bit of advice you've ever had.
2: Um... <laughs> I think really my I think from a financial point of view I think you know I, I don't have regrets I don't go down the regret regret thing but from a financial point of view I've never because it's not because of the charity but I've always been led by experience and travel and I've kind of done my things the wrong way around whereas now you know I'm in my fifties now and I'm really focused on making sure that I'm financially secure, which is is, is going obviously well now. But I, did, I should have really focused that on a little bit earlier. <laughs> yeah. So really what I probably should have done is started Dental Mavericks now and, and done the other bit. So yeah. I've done it back yeah. to front a little bit. That's kind of the, you know, that's one of the bits of advice to myself that I would probably go, actually, that's... But yeah. then again, I wouldn't have had the energy.
0: But yeah, or the experience. And yeah, the so sure yeah. Are, there's I probably, I imagine there's thousands of kids in Morocco that would disagree as well.
2: Yeah, yeah totally. So yeah. And I think, and you know, life experience, it's all about that, isn't it? It's not about... Yeah, there's interface. probably
1: people. I mean, and this is, I always think this is fantastic. The fact that you have no idea how you touch people during your lives. You know, in your five years in your bar, you know, you, you don't know the people that came into your bar how they might still remember your bar or relationships before. And I, I think there's there's so many of those things that we have absolutely no idea. It's a bit like when you're on holiday and someone takes a picture of, you know, and you happen to be in the background and then in 40 years time, you're in someone's life. I find that always a quite fascinating. Yeah.
2: yeah, I do actually get sometimes some people on Facebook and, you know, because we all age, obviously, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's nearly 20 odd years ago. And then I'm like, oh, is that? And they're like, do you remember? (laughs) (laughs)
0: we we always um, we always finish up with our guests in the in the same way so we have two questions for you and the first one is you're a fly on the wall where where are you what's that situation what what room are you in what's happening right so
2: i really have to give this some thought because i'm quite a nosy person but i've just (laughs) (laughs) i've just finished gold dust woman which is all about stevie nicks Right. and one of the like the best bits about the book was the making of the rumours album Do you like Fleetwood Mac yeah yep.
3: they're great yep. great
2: so it was all about the the, the breakup of uh, Stephen Stevenicks and Lindsay Buckingham and and how all those songs were written about and and how you know they always they were all arguing and mm. you know taking copious amounts of cocaine and you know I, I mean the chaos must have been crazy yeah. <laughs> um but I, you know just a fly on the wall in that studio cuz it just sounded like you know crazy chaos but out of that that amazing album it's one of my all-time favorite albums and Mm. that came out of it and i was just been listening to it the last couple of days so i think that would have been a you know a a good fly on the wall experience Mm. it's funny isn't
0: it how many songs or albums when you understand the situations that they were in at that time you know it, it, the music makes more sense but you can really understand mm. that those emotions that, that yeah, go into I'm, it it's quite remarkable. i don't
2: have the kind of like even you know Managed you know park, a break apart how they even or like or be step. in the same room yeah. i don't think they could maybe i
0: don't yeah. know but,
1: but, it's but abra, I suppose is that, another abra reference yeah but, you yeah, know it's, it's that same. sort of thing yeah. i remember yeah. when watching something about the beatles and they were saying you know even when they all knew they were gonna sort of go their own ways they still were making music Mm. and I, I just think that's amazing that in a way that that creativity almost transcends yeah it, it's almost like they want a greater good I know that sounds a bit naff but do you yeah, know what yeah, they, yeah. they want to create something special yeah. yeah so they almost park their own pissed offness with each other yeah. to create
0: that something Does it special. Matter so yeah, yeah yeah it's yeah. fascinating and yeah. who would you meet Callie if you were given the opportunity to meet somebody
2: Right, so this was my hardest one because like, this went on and on and on. But I'm going to go for someone who's a little bit more in the in the moment, and it's obviously got to be a woman, which is Greta Gerwig, the uh, the director of Barbie.
3: Right. Um,
2: she's just hit a billion on on that. But but what I am going to say is that I did go to see the movie this week and obviously i'm from you know a time when barbie wasn't a great kind of role model for women it was kind of a bit sexist and so yep. so i found the movie it just completely i didn't kind of I felt a bit sorry for the men, actually, in the movie. It was all, you know, I liked it, but it kind of really confused me. And I thought she was really clever having all the t- the, the, the people from Sex Education in there, which the English market. Right, but yeah. when I came in to speak to, um, we've got a Gen Z in our team, and I came in and I, I, we have a huddle and I mentioned it. And she went, no, she went, you've got it wrong. She said, it's all about how fragile the male ego can be and how it doesn't need to be on the back of women. And I was like, oh, okay, but I said, but there were no strong role models for mentioning. Well, Ken was because he got over that. And I was like, oh yeah, that's that's it. That was a bit disturbed by the movie, I think, because I'm just so used to not having that kind of like feeling from it, you know? So mm. that so I thought she was clever, but yeah, I'm gonna go it's, with her
0: lack of achievement. I've, I've, I've not seen the film, but yeah, I should, it's, it's on, a, on the basis of that, with that insight, I should probably go and see it.
1: But yeah. I've heard the soundtrack's very good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ready? yeah supposedly the soundtrack's oh really good yeah yeah and it's that hilarious. wasn't a, yeah that wasn't like i'd taken a piss no no, no. <laughs> no a, a viral account's the soundtrack it is, is oh very fine. very good okay,
2: go. and it's uh, it's very funny Brilliant. yeah if you can are you going you go with an open mind and of course we all got dressed up in pink and you know of we went all whole, whole along I think
1: I'm going to wait until it comes to Netflix because <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> yeah. you don't want to get dressed up in pink or? Yeah.
1: what do you mean not dressed in pink I've got a pink shirt t- t- on oh, today <laughs> <Of course>. you <laughs> Barbie
0: ready
2: I
1: oh,
0: am yeah. oh, yeah. in that a Barbie was, world that, that was wonderful um, that was, I think you've done a lot of stuff um, I think you are a true entrepreneur the way you, you move and twist and dive into new markets and make those leaps of faith without necessarily knowing where you're going to land <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but you do land uh, which is good and genuinely like I said I think the Dental Mavericks work sounds really important yeah, so perfect. do let us have the link for that I will and we'll, and we'll drop it in the group and we'll see if we can help on that side which would be great but no thank you for your time today it's been really yeah, good. it's been brilliant oh, thank you nice to meet you both thank you for too. inviting
2: me Not at uh, all
0: our pleasure cheers Caddy, keep well bye, bye. bye thank you for listening to this episode of dentology where we discuss the business of dentistry if you like what you heard please do subscribe where you found this episode that would be amazing and also follow us on instagram